0: We'd like to welcome you to our home and wish you a very Merry Christmas.
1: The body of JonBenet Ramsey, strangled and beaten, is found in the basement.
2: None of it makes sense.
3: What else don't we know? Will whoever killed JonBenet Ramsey get away with murder?
4: Hey guys, what's up and welcome to another episode of What the Actual Left. My name is Harmony and today I am joined by my imaginary friend who actually has a voice. <laughs>
5: Hi, everybody. I'm Johnny Demon from Doom and Groom. Um, you've probably heard some adverts they in the definitely past. Do. <laughs>
4: um,
5: I'm the one that actually owns and runs this. I have a part- business partner back in Denver, but I'm on the road right now bringing my tattoo bombs across the country. On the road again. On the road again. Um, I have a friend that's been tagging along with me, and we got sparked on a conversation the other day by a meme she pulled up, and now we're going to be getting into that today.
4: Yeah. So I uh, was just... You, you and I mentioned that, you know, we would get together to do a podcast at some point as soon as we, when we started working together and stuff. And you let me know that you were going to be down. And I, I remember I would asked about doing the podcast and you we were talking about it, I asked you like, well, what would you like to do? And at that point you were like, I'm not, I'm not. And then you let me know, you were like, Joe Manet, Ramsey, or the Menendez brothers. And that, I do want to do that at some time, but that is, alone, there's so much to them. Yep, to both cases, there's a lot. There is, and it's, once you start digging into it, you can't, it's like if you leave something out, you're completely just botching it. Yeah, and
5: when you were saying true crime, I'm like, why not family murder? Because that's it, yeah. it is the season.
4: It, it is. So today we are going to be talking about the murder of Joan Benet Ramsey, and we are, this is kind of a good thing because you are, you, you, you live in Colorado currently, I do so you know the climate of the after effects Uh,
5: I do I know that people still talk about it you know 20 some years later at this point Um, my parents were divorced I split time between uh, Denver and Galveston so I've always been asked what things are like in Denver because I spend so much time there and Mm -hmm. when that happened people would ask me stuff when the 420 thing Columbine thing happened yeah ask
4: me yeah because I
5: actually did have friends that were going to that high school at the time uh, but with the JonBenet Ramsey thing, like, that's not quite as brought up as much as the Columbine thing because of all the gun stuff these days. Yeah, that's true. But anybody that follows true crime in any way, it's a 20-some-year-old cult. They definitely case.
4: know, i have heard of it, even in passing. Like,
5: it's one of the more famous ones in the country.
4: But it's funny because I actually just, uh, I was telling somebody that I was going to be doing a podcast with you, you know, it was like one of my affiliates and stuff, and I had mentioned that it's was going to be the JonBenet Ramsey case. Now, usually when I say the JonBenet Ramsey case... Somebody gives like there is a there is a response like they they've definitely heard the name. This person stared at me like I just spoke Portuguese to them. And they were like, I'm sorry, I speak English. <laughs> but I was like, I'm sorry. Did I, did I repl- John Ram- Do you know what I'm talking about? And they just looked at me like I've never heard of it. <laughs> I, I was very shocked, you know Yeah,
5: and that was a national case when that happened, like everybody across the whole country, and especially in the '90s when there was no internet.: Yeah you, It wasn't like
4: now where you can just pick up your phone, make a three-minute video, and then within an hour, the whole world can know. Then you had to, even just response times on stuff, it was days to weeks to after the fact. Some crimes don't even get, didn't get announced in the 90s until months later when enough people could hear. Yeah. And this was
5: all over the news, even down in Houston. I'd come to Denver and it was all over the news. I'd go back to Houston, it was all over the news.
4: Well, that brings up the aspect of, and I'm just going to bring this up because this is a big thing, is there a lot of kids go missing every single day. They mm-hmm. have for a very long time. Because people are shit, and we know this. Now, the big if when you dig into this, because I got to do a lot of research yesterday on it, the issue is is there are so many kids that do go missing, and then there is this very privileged white girl in a million dollar plus neighborhood that went missing, and all of a sudden it was everywhere. Yep. And that is it is very sad. Like as I was reading this, it was, and then you. But the thing is, is as you're when you dig and you see that. This was such a quote high profile case that how heavy the ball was dropped on it and how many fuck ups there were by the police and I have audio of some of the things that when you hear you're going to be absolutely just flabbergasted.
5: Yeah, I mean there's wide speculation the police helped cover it up.
4: That is a very big. I yeah. Mean, that's been
5: widely speculated since it happened back then.
4: Now, here's another thing that I wanted to bring up and I am the audio will play um later in the case that we're when we talk about it but there is a little bit that is not actually correlated with the case but the case is related to another crime so there is a psychiatrist or like psychiatric analysis like of a crime scene he goes in and he's like this is what i think the killer would be like this is how i think their mannerisms are this is why i think they're like this because of their trauma you know they go in and they analyze by what these people leave behind and then they talk to the victim so that's the psychiatrist for murder and there was one that was actually gunned down a few years ago along with a few other people. And he worked on the JonBenet Ramsey case. However, it was not related to it, but it was just really weird to me that... Because there's actually a lot of freaking murder also still... Mur- I mean, death. Like, there is a there's a suspect that I didn't even know about until recently that killed himself just two months after she passed away and he was a 26 year old kid that lived in the street like in the road in the neighborhood on that road and he has not talked about a lot but he was a very prime suspect
6: mm.
4: there's the santa claus you know there's gary olivia the pedophile freak
5: everybody thought the parents for the long time Yes, South Park even made an episode where they poked fun at the parents being...
4: And I'm not going to lie, every single suspect almost seems like a viable suspect. The brother? I mean, look at it from... It could be the brother. It could be the father. It could be the mother. It could be a stranger. It doesn't feel like, to me, it's a stranger, though. It definitely feels like a crime of accidental passion. Like, they're doing something that they were definitely premeditated or where they had an Consider involvement or was care. was
5: found in the home. So yeah. I mean... And the Mo- home wasn't broken, into. And
4: most people, if you're going to do something wrong, think of it as a person. You are not going to do it in a space that you're uncomfortable. If you're doing something that you already know is a moral break, and even if you don't have that thought, maybe you don't have a moral compass, you still want to be in a space. Yep. Even if that's not in someone's home, even if it's just outside where you're not in somebody else's energy or you know, you're know you not there, you are still in enough space that you can you can hide. You can hide your shame. You can run. And this person committed this, did this, in the home and then just left without anything now there's also the i don't know if you know about the whole the, the footprints in the snow have you heard about that that there were none um
5: yes but i also know how colorado works have having lived there that like snow does not stay. snow can also be covered up in a half hour if it was snowing at the time all it takes is like a half hour of snow to well, cover up tracks we're and gonna
4: like, cover it that Everything on That particular
5: area up by Boulder, they catch a little bit more snow than, mm-hmm. like, downtown Denver does. So it's entirely possible they had a little bit of snow cover up some tracks or something. Well, but I, I really don't think somebody broke the fuck in and then did this and then left because...
4: Well, we're going to get through all of that because I want you to hear something that I only just found out yesterday. Because I've been... I've known about this case since it broke. I was probably, like, I was just... I was 10 years old when she passed away so like in I was I had just turned 10 in November of that year so I, I do remember the case very well because my mother got very afraid for me to be just anywhere without an adult obviously even in our home you know we she get started getting alarms you got motion detectors window stuff and when you hear some of the stuff that to this day is said to be fact and then you back and you're going to hear this audio of stuff that has been suppressed and hidden and you hear that these facts about the crime are not actually facts it has just been twisted and warped you're going to be shocked and the biggest one is the snow this thing that has been stated is that there were no footprints in the snow I'm not going to share with you how mind blown you're going to be when you see something and you hear this and then be, how the fuck is this still believed and repeated today, when you can make a quick Google search and see, I'm a fucking idiot for saying something that I shouldn't be saying. <laughs> so we're gonna get to that. Um, right now, I'm going to introduce this case with the very well-known 911 call. Police, what's
7: going on? 5515th Street. What's going on there, ma'am? We have a kidnapping. Hurry, right, please. Explain to me what's going on, okay? There, we have a, there's a note left and our daughter's gone. A note was left and your daughter is gone? How old is your daughter? Six years old. She's blind. Six years old. How long ago was it? I don't know. I just found the note. And my daughter... Does it say who took her? What? Does it say who took her? I don't know. There's a a ransom note here. It's a ransom note? It says F-B-T-C. Victory. Please. please. Okay, what's your name? Are you? Patsy Pat? Ramsey, I'm the mother. Oh. oh my God. Please. I'm okay, I'm sending an officer over, okay? Please. Do you know how long she's been gone? No, I don't. Please, we just got out and she's right here. Oh my God, please. Okay, please. Well, somebody. I am, honey. Please. Take a deep breath, please. Else, okay? Hurry,
4: hurry, hurry. Patsy. 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 All right, so we're back and um, if you guys hear my dog in the background, he's getting pets and he is in heaven. So, all right. For those of you who are aware of the case or aren't aware, we're going to run down a little bit of an intro into JonBenet Ramsey. So JonBenet Ramsey was born in 1990 in Atlanta, Georgia. She was the youngest of two children of Patricia Patsy Ramsey and John Bennett Ramsey. She had an older brother by the name of Burke, who was born in 1987. Now, Joan Bennet's first name is, I didn't know this until just yesterday, but I mean, it says it here as well, but it is a combination of her father's first name and middle names because it's John Bennett and she's Joan Binet. So, I thought that was kind of cool because I did not know that. Now, for those of you who do not know, Joan Binet is a very famous, you know, murder, but it started as a kidnapping and became a murder in that same day. So on December twenty sixth, 1996, the day after Christmas in beautiful Boulder, Colorado, the Ramses are met with a horrible, horrible sight. Her body is found in their residence after they wake up and they're supposed to be going to do stuff because I know um, on the 25th, uh, John Ramsey. Why is that? That's his name, right? Yes. John Ramsey. I don't know. I have read so many names because there's so many people (laughs) in this case. It expands and it's so big. It's so broad. Yeah. There's a lot of people involved. So many people. And then they're all shady. They're so all fucking shady. But, um, he, they had, he has a friend who's a pilot and they had sent some gifts out and stuff, but they she goes missing because they're supposed to be going out and they let the kids sleep um i have audio what they they share that they do that morning and they she has he shares the whole experience and so does uh john from his whole perspective and when you hear their sides and you hear what they were just doing those mornings it it's it sounds a lot of it does sound very rehearsed and it's like it's been repeated but it's also like is it just ingrained in their mind you know like what if you what would you do if you did let's say let's say they didn't let's say they're not guilty let's go into this like nobody's guilty right now okay we're gonna decide he's guilty <laughs> nobody's guilty right now um you know and what if you did just wake up the day after christmas uh you woke up you walked downstairs and as patsy says I, she goes down these back stairs of their house where the bedrooms were in the back of the house. They go in the back stairwell. She's always the first one that does this. And she sees in the low light of the morning, as she says, it's not that bright, these three pages laying on the runner of the, the stair carpet. And she immediately rushes over and sees that it says Mr. Ramsey and reads it and sees that we have your daughter. So she then... One time she said she screamed then and then went upstairs to check and see if Joan Vinet was in her bed or not. Then another time she said she didn't scream until she got into the bedroom, which I understand. You got a whole bunch going on. How do you think you would would you like there's a lot that they do that go into question. Like they didn't talk to the police but they did an interview 5 days later. They it just what do you what are your what are your feelings when it comes to the parents?
5: Uh Parents are shady and definitely covering some stuff up for sure. Me personally, if my kid went missing, I would be hitting up my friends to form search parties.
4: Yeah, well, unlike uh, John, who decides to try to fly out.
5: Just to notify them, because if I do find somebody took my kid, me personally, I'm just going to murder that person. Um, I feel that, like that's
4: not the way to handle it, but that is the way that people handle it. That's probably not the
5: legal way, but it's, like... It's definitely
4: you... <laughs> not a pro- It's not a probably not. It is definitely not.
5: But also, if they're going to come kidnap my, my kid, then I don't really care about the legal way, so... That's true. Um, if, I, if I find them before the police do, I mean, I guess it's game on. I'm going to call the cops and be like, hey, we're playing a game right now. You guys just got involved. Somebody kidnapped my kids. If y'all find him first, y'all get to arrest him. But if I if find you him find him first, first I'm fair gonna, game. Yeah.
4: So as I stated, Jolene's body was found on December twenty sixth, nineteen ninety six. This was in her family's residence in Boulder, and she is currently buried at Saint James Episcopal Cemetery in Marietta, Georgia. And she was buried there on December thirty first. Jolene was buried right next to her older sister, and a lot of people I don't know know this. But her father had a daughter and uh, she was a lot older and she died in a car accident. So Joe was buried right next to her older sister. I thought that, I didn't know this and I thought that was a little crazy. You know, um, I do feel no matter what, I'm not saying that I think that uh, John is innocent in any means, but I'm also not saying that I think he's guilty. I think that there are a lot of very odd pieces in this puzzle that don't quite fit correctly right now for me to make a... a real judgment, but I do feel, but I do feel that, um, there's, as a parent, I feel very bad for him because there are two kids that are gone. Be it, if it's at his hand, I'm not saying that I feel bad, you know, but I feel just as a person who I can only feel like that pain.
5: Losing two kids is losing two kids.
4: It is. And I'm not saying that I don't think that he could have done something, especially because there's some audio in here that as we hear it, it's going to just, oh, it's, it's. there are officers and detectives that full blown think and have their own suspicions, but the evidence is just very, it's not um, without a reasonable doubt, you know? So.
3: And they showed the police this ransom note, which is one of the most bizarre ransom notes anybody has ever seen
8: there were a number of things unusual about the note number one the length of the note was very long three pages i've seen and worked a number of kidnappings
9: for the fbi and most of the notes are very short they're very terse very succinct and they give very specific instructions almost like bullet points so my first impression was uh that that, this guy this guy wrote the magna carta listen carefully We are a group of
3: individuals that represent a small foreign faction. At this time, we have your daughter in our possession. You must follow our instructions to the letter. You will withdraw $118,000 from your account.
9: I have never seen a ransom kidnapping that asks for such a specific amount of money.
4: All right, so now I want to talk about the ransom note, which as I I was about to tell you, is it's a huge piece of evidence in this case, but it's also one of the most baffling pieces of evidence. You know, it's okay. Um, so according to statements that Patsy gave to authorities on December 26th, 1996, she realized that her daughter was missing after she found a two and a half page handwritten ransom note on the Kitchen staircase at the Ramsey family residence. So that is that back staircase that I had mentioned. That's by the bedrooms. Um, the note demanded one hundred and eighteen thousand dollars, and the thing about that, which is odd, is that is very close to his bonus that he had gotten. Now he says he got that bonus the year before, but it's a it's a it's an annual bonus. I can only imagine that. If this is if this was quote unquote somebody that like maybe was trying to get extort them or you know blackmail them, they probably assumed all right this guy gets a bonus he got it last year it's probably around there. That still seems like a bit much. Why are they going to aim just for that bonus? Why wouldn't maybe like you so know?
5: It, it's also known that he's a pretty wealthy dude in a wealthy area. 180,000 is, no, is nothing. Is nothing. Why would it's I just really not. It's whole million?
4: Exactly. That that seemed to me that seemed very low, like for for a ransom of that kind of family, that really did seem very low. Yep. You know, like, especially because that was, that's just a bonus to him. That is not even, that's, that's a just... A yearly
5: bonus isn't even, yeah. Yeah. Which is a fraction of In, in his salaries. line of
4: stuff, you know, to most people, a yearly bonus is a huge, that's a big thing. But that's more of like, the people that are working at like, restaurants, and they get a, a day off. That's a yearly bonus. That's a plus. Sure.
5: But <laughs> typically, like a yearly bonus is only a fraction of the salary yeah. anyway. So if your fraction of your salary is 118000 Probably making a million plus in a year. Why would you only be asking? Well, they definitely weren't hurting,
4: that's for sure. Like they weren't. They were in a very pristine neighborhood. So, So it's a weird number
5: to be asking for.
4: Well, John pointed out to the police first that came to the scene that the amount was nearly identical to his Christmas bonus that he said it was the prior year. But he thought that that was strange. And he said that this suggested that it was someone who had access to that information or knew that this was something that occurred you know, that that this was an annual thing, so they were aware of it. Um, He then told investigators that uh, he had other theories that maybe this could have been, like, some extortion or something, and he wasn't, he was worried, but he wasn't, like, apparently that worried. So um, from there with this letter, it was insanely long. That is, this is one of the most talked about issues with the letter. It, let's let's put aside the fact that they asked for almost the identical amount of what he got for a bonus. This is a two-and-a-half-page letter that was neatly placed on stairs. Yep.
5: Real, I, real ransom note is going to be one page, one side. You're
4: going to be lucky if you get a... Have, a uh, it's like going to have, like, two sentences. I'll, I'll we call have yeah. your
5: kid. We want this. Call this number. Yeah,
4: or we'll be in touch. It's not... These motherfuckers are, like... Saying victory, they don't sign. I don't even know why they're signing. Oh, I don't. I've never heard of a ransom letter that's like, with love, John. You know, <laughs> like it is. It's not like that. You know, it is. You don't know who it is. It's just we have this. We want this. We'll be in touch. Yep, that's how that goes. It's not a fucking novel, but this Didn't this like one's that. a novel. And um, so there's. There were handwriting stuff that was done to kind of figure out, you know, who could have wrote written it. And the other thing is that the ransom note was it was I was gonna say drawn. It was written on stationery from their house.
5: Yep, kidnaps the kid, takes the time to just. <laughs> write out some stuff on paper that they found there. It's going to ruffle through. They probably took some snacks from the fridge. For I the think they did that,
4: maybe they watched TV. Um, so the police said that they believed that the note itself was staged and that they say this because there weren't any fingerprints except for Patsy's and the police who had touched it. So they didn't take into a, They didn't think that that was because she was the one that did it, which this is a later thing. But at that moment, no, she picked it up. So they were like, all right. so she. But there should have been at least... At least a smidgen of somebody else's, even if it was unlegible or unidentifiable, they couldn't be able to see it, but they weren't, it was just her. Um, they also said that the note seemed to have a practice draft that was written with a pen on a notepad, like that stationery. The reason why they know is there was like it looked like a practice letter had already been done as well, so this. Very amazing ransom kidnapping genius doesn't plan for this kidnapping very well because they're going to take a child, leave a two and a half page letter, practice before they do, um make sure naturally
5: you gotta have a first draft before you leave your final.
4: (laughs) I don't feel like that's how it works in this sort of situation. I just don't feel like this yeah, is a masterpiece that's, that's moment. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> no. But um, that part is is very amazing to me. That that alone wasn't enough for the police to be like, what the fuck? You know, again, they fuck up a lot.
5: Yeah, what the actual fuck?
4: Exactly. <laughs> so according to uh, Colorado Bureau of Investigation, there are indications that the author of the ransom note is Patricia Ramsey. So, it is sort of believed, obviously, even by the police, that she's the one who did it, or she's, she's she, she, knows, she knows who started it with the letter. She read the first
5: draft and was like, no, 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 your grammar is atrocious. Exactly.
4: No, she was like, you know what, this, this one sentence is not enough. We need to elaborate, and you need to learn how to spell sir, ma'am, person, whoever, kidnapper.
8: To those of you who may want to ask, let me address very directly I did not kill my daughter, John Bonet. Uh, there have also been innuendos that she has has been or was sexually molested. I can tell you those were the most hurtful uh, innuendos uh, to us as a family. Uh, they are totally false. Uh, John Bonnet and I had a very close uh, relationship. Uh, I will miss her dearly for the rest of my life.
0: I'm Patsy Ramsey, Jaminet's mother. And I'm grateful that we are finally able to meet together face to face. I'm appalled that anyone would think that John or I would be involved in such a hideous, heinous crime. But let me assure you that I did not kill Jean Benet. I did not have anything to do with it. I love that child with my whole of my heart and soul.
4: So now we're going to talk about the 911 call and the initial search when it was just a kidnapping. Um, The only people that were in the house on this night of Jean Benet's death for her immediate family which is Patsy and John and Burke which we will talk about him so much later uh, the ransom note contains specific instructions against you know you can't contact the police FBI friends but immediately after Patsy telephoned the police at 5:52 a.m. which obviously you know most parents are gonna do yep um, that's what would absolutely so she then started calling family and friends as well she wasn't just like hey, cops, I found this letter. I'm really scared. She then started calling her friends and family and were like, come on over. Uh, Two police officers responded to the 911 call and arrived at the Ramsey home within three minutes. They then conducted a a cursory search of the house, but they didn't find any sign of forced entry, nothing. So this is where it kind of starts to go haywire. From there, Officer Rick French, he went to the basement and... Came to the door that was secured by a wooden, like the, the, I don't know if you've seen the famous, like, door that entries into the mm-hmm. basement. So there's a wooden latch on it. Um, so he paused for a moment in front of the door, but walked away without opening it. So they searched this whole house, but they didn't go into the basement. They didn't, or that area of this. They, for some reason, he sees a, a latch on a door and is like, you know what that means? Keep out. What? Like, you can open it.
5: (laughs) Yeah, cops historically have been known for doing what they feel like doing. That's not a lie. (laughs) I'm not entirely sure why a little latch is going to keep a cop out from doing something, considering they just kind of do what they want anyways.
4: Yeah. So, So, can I tell you what he said? Why? His statement as to why he didn't open this door is because he said that he was looking for a possible exit route. For somebody who could have come in and grabbed her and that just obviously wasn't such a thing so a kidnapper wouldn't need to have any access to that so he just decided all right I'm gonna rule it out this door is not an exit we don't need to check
5: yeah like somebody couldn't leave and then put a
4: latch back or you know this
5: dude had time to write a three-page ransom letter with a first draft even exactly saying this dude had time to figure out his way in and out if somebody (laughs) did so but like yeah, if they really did,
4: yeah, they could totally put a latch back from where they got it. Exactly. And latch. the whole point is, you 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 don't just pick and choose where you're gonna search when you're looking, especially in the residence where this child was abducted from. You need to look every single especially area. Especially since statistically, look speaking, under coasters. Covers, you know, check. Always the family. <laughs> exactly. So with Jolene still missing, John made arrangements to pay the ransom. Um, a forensics team was dispatched to the house and the team initially believed that the child had been kidnapped, which we, when I say we, everybody that was paying attention, which at the time initially was like not a lot of people, but, um, everybody thought that this was just a kidnapping. They definitely thought she was still alive. There was for sure hope. And, um, in Jomane's bedroom was, it was the only room in the house that was completely like cut off from everybody else to prevent, quote, contamination of evidence, which is crazy to me because the whole house should have been blocked off.
5: The whole house should have been evidence.
4: Absolutely, but apparently in 1996 in Boulder, Colorado, it's only that spot.
5: Yeah, Colorado cops have not exactly been known for doing a great job.
4: So. With that, would would you saying that's very true because no precautions were taken to prevent contamination of evidence. The rest of the house um, was not even not even really watched over to make sure people weren't moving stuff, touching things, you know. Um, meanwhile, friends and victim advocates and the Ramsey's family minister all came over to the house in order to show them support in this time of grief. So basically, they're having a little grief party and with all these police which were two at the time maybe a few more were coming in as well and um these visitors packed up and they were cleaning up they were helping because they were like oh no you know this is happening let's let's help you we're gonna we're gonna clean up for you we'll put stuff in order straighten up the house you got a lot going on nobody thought to stop them
5: yeah they organized a party to have everybody else help clean up and clean up your mess why not
4: exactly so they did this this is what police say this police say this is what possibly started to destroy evidence no motherfuckers you started it too um so boulder detective linda arndt who we're going to talk about she's got audio that we're going to listen to as well arrived at 8 a.m with the goal of awaiting kidnappers instructions as most ransoms happen especially if they leave a fucking note that says, "We got your kids alive. We just we want some money." Usually, you would think that that's true.
5: Yeah, you're not going to leave a note saying you want money and and then not follow up in any so, way.
4: So Linda's under the impression that it, they're going to be hearing from these kidnappers, and we'll continue.
9: Who suggested for you to search the house, Linda Arndt? She said, take
8: Fleet White with you and search the house, see if he knows anything out of the ordinary.
10: He should not have been allowed to search that house by himself. He could have tampered with evidence without even knowing that it was evidence. That's a critical mistake.
9: So where did you begin?
8: Went down to the basement.
9: Why start there?
8: It's the most logical entry point. Went into the, we called it the train room. The kids had a train set up in this. There was a window open. There was a suitcase sitting under the window, which shouldn't have been there. And I noted that and mentioned it to Fleet. I said, that shouldn't be there.
9: You knew there was a broken window downstairs, right?
8: Well, I had broken that glass and then opened the window to get in previous summer because I'd left my key and Patsy was gone. I thought we had it fixed, but we never went in the basement, so I didn't know that. So I wasn't surprised that the glass was broken, but I was surprised that the window was open.
9: So you come to this door and it's closed and what's in
8: that door? Well, we called it the wine cellar, but there's never any wine in it, it was a junk room. I was just going through, methodically, every square inch of that basement, and I opened the
9: door, and there's Bonet. Take me through the moment that your eyes fell on Bonnet's face as she was lying there on the floor. Did you know she was dead?
8: No, not at that point. I mean, I had this rush of, thank God I found her. And it was just this overwhelming sense of joy that I'd found my child. And her hands were tied over her head. She had tape on her mouth. I immediately took the tape off. Her eyes were closed.
9: Could you, at that point, perceive her injuries at the time? Could you see her neck and her head? No,
8: I didn't. There was a, a red spot on her throat. I didn't see the grotte because it was too deeply embedded in her skin. And I just was hoping she'd wake up and begin to realize that she wasn't going to and just started to scream. I picked her up, carried her upstairs. I don't know what I was thinking, but I was just horrified. I couldn't speak. I was just screaming. And I took her upstairs and later, and no, I didn't, I, I guess I was taking her to help in my mind. I didn't perhaps want to accept that she was dead linda are felt down beside her as i was and felt for a pulse and looked me in the eyes she's dead and that's when i was just stunned
4: okay so discovery of Jean Monnet at 1 p.m it's mountain standard time in case anyone wants to know because you know So, uh, Detective Arndt uh, asked John and Fleet White, a family friend, because as we know, they were having a party, apparently, to search the house to see if, quote, anything seemed amiss. And they started their search for some reason in the basement. Now, Linda goes on later and says that she assumed, as most officers would do, you start from the top and work your way down. So she was like, go up to the third floor. I think it was three floors. In total, because there's like a top, you're, like a little extra. Like the way
5: it works is like there's a main floor, a second floor, and a basement. It it makes three, but yeah, three above ground.
4: Yeah, know? so she was thinking, you know, go to the top, start down, and they went to the basement first. John opened the latched door, which Officer French had decided he didn't want to open because it was latched, and this is when he found his daughter's body in one of those rooms. Um, her mouth was covered with duct tape a nylon cord was found around her wrist and neck and around her ter- her torso was covered with, by uh, a white blanket. He picked her up, he took her upstairs, and immediately when she was moved, the crime scene was further more contaminated. And at that point they say a bunch of critical evidence, more findings, this all was disturbed, and this made it even more difficult for forensics, which even back then was not anything like it is now, but even to try to collect evidence it was, at that point, just became muddled. Yeah, there's
5: a lot wrong with what was just in that last clip, too. Like him saying that he broke his window several months prior. He, oh, he said never, it was almost a
4: year before.
5: And, and never had anything done about it. Because he was saying in the summer it was winter. Yeah. And it, I'm going to throw this out there. You don't leave open windows out there because your heat will just run Absolutely. Constantly. That
4: That did get me. Also, but the thing is, is the police do mention how that window did have cobwebs on it. So they did find that a little, even if it was broken or someone, if they did that for a stage, a thing, or any just anything, uh, there were cobwebs. But that, they also, you don't know which way they could have tried to do it. You don't always hit a cobweb.
5: Sure, but also like the for winter time to have cobwebs is a little bit off. Like, I didn't think
4: about that. I did not think about that honestly, but that's. It's especially, cold. You don't have a lot of the pests and
5: insects. have got a broken window because, like, there's weather. Mm-hmm. It snows. Like, the snow's just going to clean that off. Absolutely. Because it's windy. It'll blow right in. Like, how are the cobwebs going to withstand all What that? I don't... Because I've left windows open. Cobwebs don't really accumulate. No, I don't.
4: But what all. I don't get... What I want to bring up about John here is he picked up his daughter. It I get that he was probably relieved. If let's say he didn't do it, he was probably relieved. I'm just going to say that there. But I feel like as a parent, if I were to be going through that, I wouldn't pick up my, I would want to. Every ounce of my body would be like, do it. But that's not what you do in that moment. You need to get attention because the whole point is to figure out what the fuck happened. And you cannot do that if you're instantly just, you know.
5: Sure. Also, what kind of cop goes and tells the people the people there, to do it? Hey, we need to search the place. Can y'all do it?
4: Yeah, you know. So um And then the the guy that lives
5: there immediately very first thing The first thing he
4: does is he finds it. The very first straight, place he immediately goes Immediately
5: right to it. Exactly. It's like, oh, it's right here. Wild. I just found it. It's crazy. thing. Crazy.
4: So, um, you know what it made me think of? You've seen Tommy Boy, right? Yeah. When he tries to h- play off that he's the one who broke the car door. What
7: did you do, Richard? What would you do? <laughs> so, yeah.
4: um, okay. So each of the Ramseys, they provided handwriting, blood, and hair samples to the police. John and Pansy, Pansy, sorry, Patsy participated in a preliminary interview for more than two hours. The... Burke, he was also interviewed within the first couple of weeks as well, following her death, which we do have audio of his interrogation, which was only released a few years ago, which you guys will hear later on in the podcast.
3: He said, They've got her. What do you mean they've got her? They've kidnapped John Binet. She's gone. And people were streaming through that house. They were in the kitchen, they were in the living room. They're all talking they're passing the ransom note around the police should have secured that scene by telling everybody get out i'm sorry this is a crime scene linda art tells the restless john why don't you look around the house see if anything is missing or uh, looks strange start at the top and go to the bottom but he didn't do that he went to the basement first where of course whoa he finds his daughter's body
8: i saw her lying on the floor with a white blanket, her hands were tied above her head, she had tape over her mouth, her eyes were closed.
6: And lo and behold, when John Ramsey finds the body, you now have John Ramsey at the crime scene.
3: John Ramsey picked that little girl up, took the tape off of her mouth, and dragged her upstairs in his arms, and then the coup de grace. He grabs a blanket, which is full of who knows what kind of contaminants, and throws it over the body. Right then and there, the police investigation was tainted.
4: So, Bonet's autopsy revealed that she had been killed by strangulation and skull fracture. So, the official cause of death was asphyxiatia by cause of strangulation, and uh, there's been a lot of people saying that there was evidence of sexual assault or rape. There was not any conventional um, evidence of rape, although they say that sexual assault could not be ruled out. They just, they couldn't, they'd said that there was not proof that she had been actually like penetrated, but they couldn't say that she hadn't been assaulted.
5: So. Sure, they don't know, they don't not know.
4: True, so that's why they just say we can't rule it out. So um, although they said that no semen had been found, there was evidence that there had been a vaginal injury. At the time of the autopsy, the pathologist recorded that it appeared her vaginal area had been wiped with a cloth. That's fucking weird. Like, that's weird.
5: Yeah, I mean, that's something you do when you're trying to cover up evidence.
4: Exactly, which this whole case seems to be a lot of. So, but of obviously, the case was ruled, or her death was ruled a homicide. Um, so, the garotte that was made... Um, That it was made there to kill her, which the whole thing is, is crazy how it's like everything's kind of an act of convenience there. And which makes it to me seem like it's gotta be someone in the house. You know, it's what person comes into a house so unprepared to kidnap a child and then it turns into a murder apparently. But are you that ill prepared that you don't even have your own fucking paper? You don't have a pen? Oh, you your, didn't think the ransom note through? Oh, on your note just a second ago, that
5: garrot was yeah. was made from her stuff.
4: Yes, her paintbrush and a nylon cord.
5: So, like, not only did they break in and write a first draft, second The weapon round, wasn't even something they were thinking. It was an afterthought. Note. The ransom note had multiple copies. On top of that, they had the time to beat a child and kill her with stuff they made from her own stuff.
4: Yeah, so... Um as he stated you know it was this was made from it was Patsy's broken handle of a paintbrush and it was tied around JonBenet's neck and had apparently been used to strangle her. Um part of the bristle end of the paintbrush was found in a tub containing Patsy's art supplies so the other end was still in the actual supplies where the art stuff is held but the bottom there's like three it was broken in three so it was the middle handle that was kind of like splintered on both ends. That's what was holding it. And then the bristled part was still in the art supply and then the tip was somewhere else that has never been found to this day. Um, I'm sorry, It no, no it wasn't, it, was it found? No, they were, was never found, even searching constantly had never been found. So there's just a missing part of this weapon somewhere. Um, the autopsy also revealed that vegetable or fruit material may have been present such as pineapple like when she had passed away. So this was then stated that Bonet had eaten that probably a few hours before her death, which several times was changed. Like Patsy and John would say, I don't remember giving her that. I know exactly what I fed my child all day. I can't tell you if he's eaten all of it, but I can tell you what I put in front of him.
5: I mean, I've dated people with kids and I remember having to like feed those kids. By the end of the day, if you ask me what I fed those kids, I, don't
4: remember I feel like I could remember is. the most last me- I remember, menu. Like, I can that, remember a midnight snack because this was something that she would have had to have eaten around midnight to 1 a.m. I can remember. I absolutely could remember a midnight meal. Sure. You know, that's, I mean, obviously, like, if you ask me what my son usually eats on a day-to-day snack basis, I'd be like, I don't know, up in the pantry. But if you were to say, you know, what was the last thing you ate? Well, I do remember... That around like twelve thirty last night i I cut up pineapple yeah if it' something it was involved. cut up that 's the thing you know yeah, cut up pineapple
5: that that's that takes time that takes some work
4: yeah it wasn 't like here, you know, I could understand that uh, here 's some gushers, but like you 're sitting there and you're you 're doing something you 're very aware of what you 're doing, and that 's why it' to me that was a little odd, but so that's been a big debate as well. Um, so photographs of the home taken on the day when John body was found show that there was also a bowl of pineapple sitting on the kitchen table with a spoon in it. So again, I just did. I did find it odd that the both parents were like, maybe I don't know, and it's it's sitting there too. So um, so they well, both say that we'll they also don't remember say this about rich people
5: because like my grandparents are kind of wealthy. They've mm-hmm. got some kind of wealthy friends.
4: They don't really pay attention. They, That's very they, true. they really don't My know mother's what's going she's, on she's a wealthier person and yeah. she you could she doesn't unless it's something that directly really truly infringes on her in any sort yeah. of her money, she doesn't freaking notice. Yeah, they, they're a bit disconnected,
5: don't really Absolutely. pay that much attention. But back to another really interesting fact, this child was a pageant star. Yes. Which means helicopter parents, which means that they watch every move, they know everything that they eat. Like, That's true. Like I didn't even think about attention.
4: it like that. Like I didn't think about like, the fact, like
5: this, this is a pageant child that yeah. has to do pageant
4: stuff. Who like, did she did very well, which is a whole other aspect which, too. Like which means the parents
5: are gonna be all over what that child's eating at all times. Patsy of day. was a
4: pageant queen as well, so she was in the circuit. She's
5: very fucking aware of the diet. Absolutely. Diets. Because they can't get too big, can't get too small, can't get too whatever. So, it's very watched after.
4: Here's the thing about the bowl of pineapple. Police reported that they did find fingerprints on the bowl. It was Burke's. Burke's fingerprints were on the bowl. And they said that, the Ramsey said that Burke slept the entire night until he was awakened when the police arrived. So, they have no idea how his fingerprints could have ended up on the bowl. Now, you can look at it in the aspect of... He lives in the house. Someone may not have washed a dish very well and has a fingerprint. Or maybe he snuck downstairs. He was nine. He got some pineapple, took care of it, ate it himself and was like, I don't want to put it away. I'm nine years old. Fuck you. I'm going to sleep. Or he called his sister. No, I'm just kidding. I just jumped to that. But you know what I mean? <laughs> Sorry, I had to you like that leap or he killed
5: his sister but actually more on that later (laughs) yes exactly exactly
4: i don't want to jump too soon but so but actually but actually
9: critics would say you weren't curious because you already knew he didn't have to get up and go check because he knew exactly what had
11: happened
12: i mean i didn't know if there's some bad guy downstairs my dad was chasing off with a gun
9: everyone looks at the
2: interview of burke and thinks why is this young man smiling
6: I don't see a smile as much as I see an uncomfortable facial expression. But I don't see that as smile, happy smile. I see that as uncomfortable guy.
2: ABC's chief legal analyst Dan Abrams spent years covering the saga.
6: Burke Ramsey's been one of the most sought after interviews by every news and tabloid organization out there. Because back at the time, People were saying, oh, maybe Burke did it. Or what does Burke know?
4: So now I want to talk about the investigation. Um, Experts and media commentators and the Ramseys have identified potential suspects in the case. And John actually is very active on what he thinks or who he thinks and stuff like that. But um, Boulder Police initially did focus exclusively on John and Patsy Ramsey. Uh, But... By October of 1997, they had over 1,600 people in their persons of interest for their case. That's a a lot of people.
5: Yeah, when wealthy people like that start to get looked at, you start to look at their lives, I mean, they're pretty connected to a lot of people in a lot of ways. I don't even know
4: 1,600 people, personally.
5: I mean, realistically. On a regular basis I'm in contact with about two to three hundred people on a regular
4: basis. That's about yeah.
5: And I don't I know there's people that are more busy than me that I could see them being in regular contact with like five to six hundred. Absolutely. Um
4: I don't have to be in contact with that many people.
5: Just regular contact though. So I could see knowing fifteen hundred. Yeah, that's and you can make the ties.
4: I guess that yeah. I probably easily
5: know at least a thousand people that, if I was to come across, I know their face, I know their name, could say something about who they are as a person um I'm just in the music industry I do local mu- local music stuff um so I could see people being of a wealthier nature knowing different companies and different people yeah and different areas everywhere so I could see that but the only issue when it comes down to a murder thing like just because you know 1,500 people doesn't mean they're close to you in any way whatsoever that cuts that number down super quick
4: so there were sorry there were a bunch of errors that were made during the initial investigation um besides the fact that you know they had everyone coming over they allowed other people to search the house before there was a full-blown, everyone got in every yeah. area. Um, the contamination of the evidence. Their, the staff that was there on the uh, Ramsey case that arrived there were also extremely inexperienced, and they were understaffed at the time. And this apparently amounted to evidence being shared with the Ramseys, which should not be. You grab, your bag. you grab, bag, tag, go. Like, you do not sit there and go, look what we found. Do you know what this is? What would you think this yeah, you is? Does don't have to go here?
5: search the house for no. you. Um,
4: yeah. so... But, like, their
5: list of suspects grew for absolutely no reason. Just because somebody knows that many people doesn't mean they're all an actual person of interest. Like, they have a milkman. <laughs> like,
4: it's got to be him. Might and might be uh, him. Like, every the uh that's parents where
5: they went with that they were like it could be the milkman it could be the postman. they it could have been
4: anybody be... at that they got and to where it was... they,
5: and that's how they ran up to 1600 people Is they were just like it could be literally anybody and i'm like let's look at the actual like they did collect some decent evidence they on did day one that was like hey nobody broke into this house nobody broke out of this house it well, had to be somebody in this house.
4: So because of everything kind of going everywhere with it, a um, detective, Lou Smith, came out of retirement in early 1997 because he wanted to help assist this, you know, the Boulder County Sheriff's, or sorry, district attorneys and everything because this case was, it had so much notoriety. Um, they were still in basically the same boat as they were from day one, but just with evidence. So, so... This detective guy that came back, um, according to him, he thinks that the Ramseys are guilty. But he's not the only person. Like, that's one of the biggest theories, is it's the parents. Um, Linda Arnt, uh, the first detective on the scene, also believes that she believes it is John. So what are your take on the, the them? So,
5: I remember as a kid, this being all over the news, I remember the guys being on TV and talking about it. He seems so super robotic about
4: it. John? Yeah, John. Oh yeah, like,
5: no, he's... If that was really your kid that really died, like, you would have more emotions about it. You wouldn't be coming on to do press conferences like it was your fucking job. Like, this is my day job now. I just come out here, I talk about my dead daughter, it's totally fine. Um, people are missing. People are of interest. No big
4: deal. I feel like if, even if let's say, let's so I can see two sides, not his emotional side. I cannot see, I can't see that how he is very, uh, but I can see either being extremely overly emotional because you are so broken, but I can also see that the numb aspect where it's just like, I have to shut down so that I don't want to like Hurt myself or not be okay, but he's not even that. He is like almost enjoying what he's doing. Almost like it's not quite, but it's like.
5: But I remember at an early age remembering that something was just off about that guy. Like he definitely, if he wasn't the one that killed her, he definitely knows who did or what happened at least. Yeah. And then over the last 20 years, I mean, everybody that's ever heard of the case or knows of the case has poked fun at it. It was the parents. Like, even South Park did an episode or two or three or ten about it. mm -hmm. Like, everybody kind of pokes fun about it because we all saw them on TV. There was, again, nothing to do in the 90s. It was that or the OJ trial. And the OJ OJ
4: trial was done. It's this now. Well, when it comes to the family members, there are two different theories about the death of John Monet. We're not going to get quite there yet. We're going to dive some more into a little bit more of the investigation. And then I want to talk about the theories and the suspects as well.
10: And I see John Ramsey carrying jean Bonnet up the last three steps from the basement. And, um, And my mind exploded. And everything that I had noted that morning that stuck out, instantly made sense. And Bonnet was clearly dead. Then she's been dead for a while. I ordered him to put Bonnet down. I knelt next to her and I leaned down to her face. And John leaned down opposite me. And um, his face was just inches from mine. And we had a nonverbal exchange that I will never forget. And he asked if she was dead. And I said, yes, she's dead. And I told him to go back to the room and to dial 911. And as we looked at each other, I remember, and I wore a shoulder holster, tucking my gun right next to me And consciously counting, I've got 18 bullets. Why did you do that? Because I didn't know if we'd all be alive when people showed up. I'd said everything made sense in that instance. And uh, I knew what happened. Do you think your fear was well-founded? You bet I do. There's no doubt in my mind. To this day? Never wavered. You were afraid because you thought the killer was still in the house. I knew it.
4: Okay, so um, on February 2nd, 2009, Boulder Police Chief Mark Beckner announced that Stan Garnett, the new Boulder County District Attorney, was turning the case over to his agency and that his team would resume investigating And Garnett found that the statute of limitations for the crimes identified in the 1999 Grand Jury True Build had expired. So they did not pursue and review any more (coughs) on the case against the Ramseys because they did genuinely try to build something that it was the parents because 99% of the time it's the parents or immediate family. So it ended up because it had been too long, they couldn't do anything at that point. So even with the evidence they had, they could not be apparently tried with it for some fucking reason because that's how shit works in society. Too much tainted evidence. Yeah, and with the time frame, it was just, it was too much still so. So then in October of 2010, the Boulder police reopened the cold case and new interviews were conducted following a fresh inquiry by a committee that included state and federal investigators. Police were expected to use the latest DNA technology and um, for the investigation. There was no new information that was earned or learned, sorry, from the interviews and looking in farther. It was support- uh, reported in September of 2016 that investigation into Joan Binet's death continued into an active homicide case per the Boulder Police Department. So then in 2015, Beckner disagreed with uh, Exonerating the Ramseys, stating that exonerating anyone based on a small piece of evidence that has not yet been proved to or even been connected to the crime is absurd. He also stated that the unknown DNA from Jomine's clothing, so there is there was unknown DNA found in her underwear. And that is something that has also been a big shock in the case. Like when it was first found and like or not, I don't want to say first found, but when it was first released to the public. Uh, they, uh, they said that, you know, it was DNA was found in her undergarments, which had people freaking out that that was semen, and it wasn't. And that DNA was put against everybody that was in the house. Nobody came back. Um, but then they started to try to say that the DNA could have gotten on the underwear from the manufacturer, which, okay, I get it, but that's a little weird.
5: Uh, not necessarily the manufacturer. Maybe the people at the store who put it up or something. That's what I would believe up.
4: more. But they did say they think it was from the manufacturer. I could understand at the store because people are touching stuff. They're looking at things. Or I could get they that.
5: There all stuff that's, like, shipped directly to them but or this something. this
4: is in the 90s. That wasn't very common.
5: Nah. I mean, rich people still ordered some stuff by mail. It's Sears true. The ca- Sears catalog goes back a long ways.
4: So... Uh, this investigator said that that had to be like the main focus of the investigation at that point in time until they could prove otherwise that the suspect is the donator of this DNA so they couldn't put a suspect and this is going to bring us now to the theories and the suspects because I know that's the part that like is the best part.
0: It was quite early in the morning and I'd gotten dressed and I was on my way to the kitchen to make some coffee
8: well, I was shaving I guess in the bathroom
0: and we have a back staircase from the bedroom areas and I always come down that staircase and I'm usually the first one down and the note was lying across the run of one of the stair treads. And it was kind of dimly lit. It was was very early in the morning. And I started to read it and it was addressed to John. It said, we have your daughter.
8: I just heard Patsy scream. I could tell by her scream that something horrible Going on, and what?
0: I immediately ran back upstairs and pushed open her door,
4: and she was not in her bed.
8: It's just like he just got hit in the stomach. This horrible feeling like, where's my child?
4: So, now with the family members, I do want to talk about them, and that there's two theories when it comes to them. Um, Boulder police initially did think that it was just the parents, you know, that they really did believe that it was Patsy and John Ramsey. John um, and Patsy had way too much evidence against them, like in my but it was very circumstantial. It was in the initial, like they were, didn't really want to do interviews, which I can't say looks good, but I also can understand as a parent too, for not wanting to talk about it, but you need to, you need to share because you need to make sure you can find your child. However, or not in our child, but when they were missing, when it, um, but you know, get the killer, and they were very not wanting to. Um, according to Greg McCray, a retired uh, profiler for the FBI, a uh, statistically he thought that there was a twelve to one probability that it was a family member or a caregiver. So it went from just Patsy and John to now somebody in the house or somebody who had immediate like ca- immediate care of Joan Monet, so they think it's somebody that definitely knew her yeah <clears throat> now do you think it could be john or patsy or um, both
5: i mean the locals in the area all think it's the brother and honestly it makes a lot of sense to really think about it you ever looked at how brothers and sisters act very my, true. My brothers will beat the crap out of their sister for absolutely no reason. My brother and sister talk all the time about how my brother beat the shit out of my sister. Like, I'm the oldest by a few years, so I'm a little bit separated from him, but apparently my brother used to, like, pull knives and shit on my sister all the so time. you don't have siblings? Go so I don't over know. over the line. I never knew any of this until, like, the last few years, and they would start telling me, like, oh, yeah, he would pull knives and stab and cut, and I'm like, what in the actual fuck were y'all doing? Jeez. Uh so so I could totally family see, see, like fun. So I could totally see a very jealous brother watching a sister get all the attention. Especially by she's by a pageant queen. Pageant queen and everything. I could totally see the brother doing Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And then the parents being wealthy parents not wanting their kids. Don't want that
4: involved. kind of uh, yeah. like mark on their reputation. Yep. They don't want him. Gotta help cover you know. it
5: up and clean it up. And they're like, how do we make this go away? Claim it's a kidnapping. I could, it with that really else. does, and Yeah. Get the attention and focus shifted elsewhere so it can just kind of go away so gets out of hand because too known and too circumstantial happened in the house like
4: burke who at the time was nine years old and uh he was interviewed by investigators at least three times the first two interviews did not raise any concerns about him. Um, a review by a child psychiatrist stated that it appeared that the Ramsays had, quote, a healthy, caring family relationship. I guess as a psychiatrist that you might probably be able to say that you would know, but, no, but people can also portray certain stuff, especially as we've been talking about when you have money, there is a huge way that you can control even how your family speaks. Because I come from a a mother who is like that, and we don't speak. Because the only way I did not have to be in her control was if I literally left her life. If if I was in it because of her and her money, that's just how it is. You you gotta follow this P's and Q's line, and it's like no, I don't like that. <laughs> so, and I could see, but he was also nine, so he was you know his parents, you know I'm, I don't know I don't I don't know. So um then. In 1998, Boulder Police Chief Mark Beckner said during an interview with the news reporter that Burke Ramsey was not involved with the killing of his sister. In May of 1999, the Boulder County District Attorney, they said that Burke Ramsey was also not a suspect. They have never considered him to even be a suspect, which is crazy. I think it was one of them for sure. I think it was one of them. There are other suspects, obviously, but... There's other suspects. So too much circumstance
5: points to the that it happened inside the home without yes. forced entry, without anything. Like, everything used was from inside the house, the ransom notes inside the house, the pens inside the house, the murder weapons inside the house. I mean, there's... Everything was done inside and so much time taken from it. How would nobody wake up at any point yeah, with all nobody, that? Yeah,
4: nobody, nobody. Somebody's
5: rambling through the kitchen and the basement. Looking for a pen
4: because they obviously didn't bring a fucking pen. So they're trifling through drawers, probably. Paper, like where are you going to go find paper? They had to go in her art supplies to find, if I I might not hear stuff right away in my house, but I'm definitely going to hear something right, at and some point.
5: Where are you going to keep art supplies that's so far away that it's? This house was big. Break, you hear people breaking stuff and that's making true. stuff and whatnot. That, the big house is echo.
4: That's that is very true. Yeah, that's a that's a big fact. That's a big fact. What
5: do you think happened to your sister?
7: What <laughs> <laughs> You, you know? How do you think? That I, I think someone took her very quietly and put down the day, mm-hmm. You Then took her
5: rope are back the circle will be here
11: Killing of Javiney Ramsey is back in the news. That cold case has gone unsolved for more than two decades, and now Javiney's brother Burke, who was just nine when she was killed, is telling his side
10: of the story. Lindsay Davis here with the new interview. Good morning, Lindsay.
2: Good morning, George. We're talking about a man who's lived an extremely sheltered life. Dr. Phil describes Burke Ramsey as socially awkward. Burke often talks with a smile as he discusses very dark topics, namely the murder of john Javiney and the suspicion that fell not only on his parents but also on him.
12: Started crying. I don't think I said anything. I didn't believe it at first.
2: Burke Ramsey was just a nine-year-old boy when he found himself entangled in the criminal cliffhanger that's captivated America for nearly 20 years. The murder of his younger sister, John Binet. The six-year-old beauty queen was discovered strangled to death in the basement of their parents' Boulder, Colorado home.
9: I think this is the last picture. that was ever taken of her alive.
12: (laughs) I don't remember the hair being that long, but...
9: It's hard to believe that a short time later, she would be dead.
2: Yeah. He's never spoken publicly about the tragedy until now, in the first of three interviews with Dr. Phil, which he was reportedly paid to do.
9: Some people have speculated that your parents weren't protecting you, they were hiding you. For the last 20 years, I wanted to grow up like a normal kid.
2: Burke recalls his excitement unwrapping presents with John Benet on Christmas Day, 1996.
12: I remember peeking down and I remember seeing like an electric train, a bike and I was super excited.
9: Did she peek so, too? Yeah, I
12: think yeah. so. Yeah, She got a big dollhouse.
2: And the nightmare that unfolded the morning after, beginning with waking up to his mom's hysteria.
9: Do you remember waking up that morning? Yep.
12: The first thing I remember is my mom, first thing in my room, really frantic, running around my room looking for John Vaney. I remember her saying, "Where's my baby? Where's my baby?"
2: Burke later fell under suspicion along with his parents, John and Patsy.
13: Mr. Ramsey, did you kill John Vaney? No. I did not. Mrs. Ramsey, did you kill your daughter? No, I did not kill my daughter.
2: Twelve years after the crime, Boulder authorities cleared the entire Ramsey family and issued an apology. But on that fateful morning 20 years ago, Burke says as police arrived, he simply froze inside his room.
12: I just felt safer there. Part of me doesn't want to know what's going on. I was scared, I think.
2: At 29 years old, Burke is now a computer security analyst who works remotely. The next part of this interview promises to show never-before-seen tapes of Burke being questioned by police. Now that he's finally talking, he's actually revealing a lot.
4: So one of the theories is that Patsy did it, just she did it, um, that she struck John Monet in a fit of rage because she was so upset that her daughter had a bedwetting issue. So, because apparently this evening she was just, she lost her mind over an episode of Jomine peeing the bed and decided to strangle her and then cover it up after mistakenly thinking that she was already dead, causing her to pass away. So Patsy did not have any known history apparently of any uncontrollable anger or rage which they think you would have to in order to just break into murder. Um, Especially of your own child, which I don't know if we can say that's true because look at Casey Anthony, but uh, JonBenet's brother later said that that they didn't even get spanked that Nothing like no anger was even really happening in the house ever did nothing even close to it Nothing near even laying fingers on them and let alone Killing one of them like that wouldn't happen. There was no violence in that house so that theory is very sounds great for why she could have done it but because I do I do lean toward either Patsy John or Burke I really do or all of them they're definitely all involved is what I feel but I just I, I don't think that Patsy lost her mind and decided to kill her daughter because she had a bedwetting issue I don't believe that I do think strongly more that it was Burke but then there is the argument that it was John and that there is the claim that John was or there was proof that she had been possibly constantly sexually molested. But the only reason that that hasn't been fully ruled out is because there was evidence of a possible assault, which doesn't mean that it couldn't have been something that was continually happening.
5: Yeah, since they were never able to prove an assault, they couldn't really test much any theories either. or anything with it. Um, the, the father definitely seems to be the one covering up the most. Whether or not he did it or not, I'm, I don't know, but he definitely seems to be the one trying to help cover it up and protect who did, whether it was him or one of the other two, but he definitely seems to be the one trying to cover it.
4: He really does. One of the reasons we ask...
0: You all to be here this morning is that we need your help from this moment on. I know you have been diligently covering this case and we have appreciated some of what you've said. I have to be frank, not all of what you've said, but we need to all work together as a team and we need your help. Some of you may have seen um, the ad that we placed in our local daily camera newspaper this past weekend. This reward money has been offered since the death of jean Bonnet, but we felt like it wasn't getting out to the public enough. So this ad um, with her most recent kindergarten picture will be appearing more and more frequently. And what we want to... But everyone know is that this $100,000 reward is for information leading to the arrest and conviction of the killer of our daughter. We feel like there are at least two people on the face of this earth that know who did this. And that is the killer and someone that that person may have confided in. And we need that one phone call. We need the one phone call to this number that will help the authorities come to a conclusion to to this case.
4: So there was an award of $100,000 that were in newspapers. It was dated for April 27th, 1997. There's an interview where they were like, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but we have an award? And so $100,000 award. Three days later, more than four months after the body of uh, their daughter was found, they submitted for the first time to separate, uh, separate formal interviews to have separate interviews at the Boulder County uh, Justice Center. So they finally decided they'll go and get uh, they'll go talk, but separate. Four months later,
5: which should have been done like day one,
4: absolutely, but it wasn't. <laughs> then in um in 1999, Colorado Governor Bill Owens spoke out, telling the Ramseys. To quit hiding behind their attorneys, quit hiding behind their PR firm as well. So a lot of people were really not happy with the Ramseys, really thinking that they were hiding some shit, including the governor of Colorado. Uh, Colorado grand jury voted in 1999 to indict the parents. The indictment uh, cited two counts each of child abuse. And said the parents, quote, did unlawfully, unknowingly, recklessly, and feloniously permit a child to be unreasonably placed in a situation that posed a threat of injury to the child's life or health, which resulted in the death of Joan Benet Ramsey, a child under the age of 16. So they were indicted on that. Um, among experts who testified in the case were DNA specialist Barry Sheck, a forensic expert Henry Lee, and on October 13th, 1999, Alex Hunter, who was the district attorney at the time, refused to sign an indictment saying the evidence was insufficient for them to have a prosecution, like to actually prosecute. So the public then thought that the grand jury investigation had been inclusive and in 2002, the statute of Limitations, again, had expired. So, twice they could have been charged, and both times things went away.
5: Yeah, <clears throat> when wealthy people go to cover stuff up, they hire the fancy lawyers to push things and draw things out and hide yeah. things long enough for that to happen. Um It's a pretty common tactic. It's part part of why they have those statute of limitations in the first place is so if you try and drag it out, you can't drag it out that long. And they usually try and set those to where it's a reasonable amount of time to Mm. where you can actually collect evidence and whatnot. But, you know, my issue is cops just are not good at their job, never have been. I don't don't know why you place any trust in them to do their jobs and they've fumbled everything at every point of this. Like the public was like, hey, we've got enough information here. They're guilty. But even the cops were like, yeah, but technically they could get off, so we can't do anything about it. Even though they've already been found guilty once, we can't do anything about it basically. I'm like, "Eh, this is just cops covering for rich people now.
4: Well, so I I mean, I told you about the whole grand jury and the indictment stuff. This all, what I just told you, wasn't released to the public until October 25th, 2013. So, like, you know. Sure,
5: but a jury is still people that...
4: Yeah, but I mean, it was completely locked up, and they weren't. the public didn't know that there were the indictments right. and everything.
5: But these people got to listen to all the evidence yes. and all everything, and these people who don't know these people were able to be like, hmm, yeah, this sounds like they did it. And Absolutely. I, I don't know why we're still here. Why is this taking so long? And we Long enough
4: e- that we don't even get to do it now.
5: We don't even need to stay overnight, don't need the pizza. Nope, they did it. <laughs> like 12 angry men would not happen with this
13: let me give the motive that is ascribed to you okay um you were downstairs maybe she came down she said mommy i wet my bed you said again john benet and you either pushed her or you hit her uh, you were exhausted you were furious you did it
8: you have a child would you get up in the middle of the night and slaughter your child we're parents. We love our children.
13: These are the two major motives. Either you sexually molested her or you snapped because primarily Let she Let me tell you, you something.
0: I'm a cancer survivor of stage four cancer. John has lost a child in an automobile accident. That completely changes your outlook. When you are standing on the brink of death with a terminal illness, your priorities suddenly line up in a row. And you know exactly what the important things are in life. And bedwetting is totally insignificant. Did either of you for a moment
13: suspect
8: each other? No. Not for Absolutely a Absolutely not minute. for a microsecond.
4: Now, let's talk about the intruder theory. So, the second theory, besides, well, not second, but besides family, which I guess it is a second. Okay, besides family, is an intruder. The police and the prosecutors followed leads for intruders, partly due to the unidentified bootmark left in the basement room where Joe body was found. So... We talked about prints, in snow and lack thereof, but there was a bootmark, which we're going to get to the the, the snow stuff. Um, early persons of interest included Bill McReynolds, who played Santa Claus, formerly the family housekeeper as well. Her name is Linda Hoffman Poe, and a man by the name of Michael Helgoth, who died in apparently the suicide that I told you about um, just two months after Jean Benet, um passed away. Hundreds of DNA tests were performed to find a match to the DNA that was recovered from her underwear and still hasn't been matched. Now, there are two other suspects that I want to talk about a little bit after we run through these ones, because these other two are related as suspects because they decided they wanted to become suspects on their own accord. So, but... um. The evidence that concluded that there could be an intruder that committed the crime was analyzed by uh, Detective Smith. And on the night JonBenet was killed, there had been two windows that were slightly open to allow for electrical cords to go outside because if you're from the 90s we didn't have a lot of outlets outside you had to literally jerry-rig it have it come through your windows and boom you we're have electricity outside cords out your and they did this because of christmas lights they didn't have the outlets outside so they did do that and that was out in the pass through and then there was the broken basement window as well and one unlocked door because rich people I don't, I, honestly, like I, I only think of when I hear so, about this, like honestly, Paris there's and kinds left of, doors unlocked. That's how that blingering got in.
5: Yeah. So when I was staying at my grandparents' place in the uh, south part of Denver that they were in, mm-hmm. it was a more wealthy area, they locked one door. They locked their front door, but they had no fences to stop people from going to the back door. Mm-mm. And the back door is just two sliding glass doors. Uh-huh. Like literally just two you see, sliding my glass doors. It's locked. Yeah, just it would be that with no locks. It's yeah. literally just two sliding glass doors in the back. And one of them is literally to their master bedroom. So, like, anybody could literally just walk straight up to their master bedroom, walk straight no. into their house. They would literally be four feet away from them in their bedroom before they ever even woke up to somebody being there.
4: Uh, See, I, I, I won't... Like, they're replacing all of these, but because they're the, like, oversized and there's three, like, I, you have to have locks because that one doesn't move. Those ones do. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so one unlocked door and then the basement window. And uh, Smith's theory was that someone entered the Ramsey's home through the broken basement window that we discussed earlier. However, this has been completely criticized because there was the intact cobweb on this same window. You can actually look up photos and you can see it, it comes almost across that break.
5: So, and here's why I wanna talk about the cobweb and the footprints in the snow and whatnot.
4: Before you talk about snow, I'm not trying to be rude, you're gonna wanna wait, you're gonna wanna wait because unless you you can recall the investigation photos, which if you
5: can. So, it's an interesting thing. If they're going to try and claim that there are no footprints but there is cobweb in an open window the only way that there would be no footprints and the cobweb is magic, because the footprints would have been covered by snow if there were no footprints, and if there was snow, there wouldn't be a cobweb in the window, because it would have blown it out. So, so it, it kind of is contradictory stuff.
4: Alright, so the reason that I talk about waiting on the snow is because there was no snow. There, The pictures, by where they're stating, now there's snow farther down, but... There is no snow near, around, anywhere on that house, and where it—I mean, none.
5: That's why I say it has to be magic. Yeah. If there is snow and it covers, there would be. Yeah. Then there would not be the cobweb. It would have blown it out of the window.
4: But there wasn't snow there. there,
5: But if there is a cobweb there, then it couldn't have been snowing like. But what gets me about that is, yeah,
4: and that's what I think the reason why that makes it so confusing is because. When they were saying there was no footprints in the snow, what what they were trying to say is there was no snow, so there was no footprints. And what happened is you played the game telephone, and bam, there were no footprints in the snow. So then right. people are like, "Well, what about all the other fucking evidence? If that's the, how is this fucking possible? What?" Right. It's also
5: common misconception about Denver being all that snowy in December. Like it, it usually doesn't have all that much snow in December. It's cold.
4: So we. <laughs> Um, there were cobwebs also on other windows, so it just didn't seem like they had their windows open. Uh, the dust and debris were seen on windowsills as well, which made it seem like they just weren't really people that opened their windows. Smith believed that the intruder subdued Joan Benet and did this by using a stun gun, took her down to the basement, and this is where he killed her, and then decided to write the ransom notes and leave it as he walked out, whichever way they could not figure out. Um, This was also then supported by the FBI or by an FBI agent by the name of John E. Douglas, who had been hired by the Ramsey family as well to look into the case. He believed that the Ramseys were innocent and Smith then resigned and From the uh, investigation on September 20th, 1998, five days after the grand jury, convinced, I'm sorry, can, um, not, okay, I'm trying to think of how, decided, I want to say convinced, because they didn't convince themselves, they decided not to do the indictment because of the uh, statute of limitations. So, obviously, you can push things, you can make things happen, they decided not to. So, he decided... I'm gonna step down on all of this as well. Basically, there's no more, I don't have to do anything anymore. Uh, Then um, there's been, since then, there have been books that have been written about the fact that it was possibly an intruder, all based on this Smith and the FBI guy, uh, John's theory, that it was an intruder. It was not someone in the family. It was absolutely an intruder. (sighs) I'm not behind the intruder theory.
5: I don't believe it. The issue with the intruder theory is, like, they would have been in the house for, like, an hour doing all the stuff that was done.
4: And nobody, and nobody?
5: Nobody woke up breaking windows, finding papers and pens, beating a child. Like, the kid's not going to make any sound Thank at all. Thank you. That's the what, what, like. Like, even if you the kid's in a dead sleep, you go up and tase the kid's going to, like, make something, some even sort like, of ah! noise. You're going to hear sound. the sound. Taser or something.
4: The, absolutely. Tasers are not exactly
5: quiet. They make a pretty
4: distinct sound. They do.
9: After all those years, he says he finally believes he knows who strangled John Benet. The individual Ollie Gray is pointing to is a man named Michael Helgoth. Do you believe Michael Helgoth was responsible for John Bonet's death? I think that there's something there. The investigator says the killer lived here, just a few miles from the Ramseys. His family's home and business have been torn down, leaving only this vacant lot. He's described as a troubled 26 year old who died from a gunshot wound in his home less than two months after John Bonet was murdered.
4: Now, uh, we have a False confession that happened in the case of JonBenet Ramsey. John Mark Carr, a 41-year-old elementary school teacher, was arrested in Bangkok, Thailand on August 15, 2006, when he falsely confessed to murdering JonBenet. He claimed that he had drugged, sexually assaulted, and accidentally killed her. According to CNN, authorities also said they did not find any evidence linking Carr to the crime at all. In his confession, Carr had provided only basics that were publicly known and failed to provide any convincing details. He claimed that he had drugged John Bonnet and th- this was completely doubted because in the autopsy there were no drugs in her body. Uh, DNA samples stated that were taken from Carr did not even match the DNA that were found. That was found, you know, near, on, and around her body, underwear. And then on October 26, 2006, Carr sent an email to Bill Hammons. Of Bill's list seeking a literary agent to help publish a manuscript that some might find controversial. Yeah. He then sent emails later on under numerous pen names, including Daxis the Conqueror, Dirk Prince, and Alexis. Carr later changed his legal name to Alexis Valorin Rouch. Almost like Roach, but not quite. It's Rouch. It's fancy. It's the French roach um it's LeMay. it's Dumay. <laughs> it's Dumas. It's du- it's uh so uh so he had that he changed his name and uh claiming that he is now a transgender woman which more power to but then he was denied uh, by oh, what's some someone in his life that he had some issues with. He was denied access to somebody for, uh, because of a straining order, because he was being a bit aggressive, but trying to use the the fact that uh, it was because of what he wanted. So he was trying to get gender assignment surgery. And he wasn't exactly the best kind of client that they wanted. He wasn't a very good person in the dealings. So he had a restraining order put against him. So he could not get it, and you know he 's claiming that he 's being hated against because he falsely confessed <laughs> so
5: yeah I mean sometimes people are predatory and trying to do predatory stuff,
4: and people should absolutely they don't like stop that them obviously from being so, so yes, absolutely, so he is not able to get that surgery done
6: the arrest of forty one year old John Mark Carr in a bizarre twist while he was being paraded before cameras. Car actually responded to reporters' questions, admitting that he killed John Benet Ramsey. Oh my God, Benet. What happened? Right? Die accidentally.
7: Are you a Christian man? No, What happened were you,
1: were you playing with her? What happened?
10: Um. Her death was was an accident. So you're in the
11: basement? Yes. Mm-hmm. you tell us about your connection to the Remington family. Uh, no comment.
7: No. How did you get into the basement to
11: play with No comment.
5: No. And how, how do you feel now? How are you
11: get into it? Um, I'm being treated okay.
5: How long have you known John then?
11: Uh, no comment
13: on that. Did you ever hear of the suspect? Do you have any idea how he knew your daughter?
8: I don't. I don't, Barbara. Um, and I had not uh, heard of him. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know, you know, we don't know um, certainly that uh, with 100% certainty that this is the guy.
4: All right, so there is uh, another person who tried to claim that he took Joan Bonet's life. Now, uh, this you cannot find on the Wikipedia and stuff, but you can Google him. Uh, Gary Oliva, on January 10, 2019, it was reported that a pedophile, him, had admitted that he had killed six-year-old beauty queen Joan Benet Ramsey in a series of letters to a former high school classmate. He is serving currently a 10-year sentence for child abuse and images that have been found I, I did remember when i looked his stuff up he had something like 20 plus counts of like child pornography and child abuse images and at the very least it was just grotesque and i do have audio of these letters and his claims and it is beyond disturbing but however I don't think he had anything to do with the case.
5: Yeah, I think he was somebody that had committed some heinous crimes that wanted some notoriety. Yeah, absolutely. He went down, like, if I'm going to go down, down
4: I'm going to go down a blaze I, of fucking glory. I, I Lord.
5: want something to be remembered for. Yes. I was the one that
4: did this. Even though he didn't just, do any it, of it. Yeah, it was never connected. He did bad things. He just did not do that bad thing. Right.
6: Right now, the unsolved John Benet Ramsey murder case. It's back in the spotlight this evening. A suspect in this case is behind bars in Boulder. He's accused of downloading child pornography. And Denver 7's Jennifer Kovaleski has been digging into this case for us. Jen, what are police saying?
14: Adam Boulder police say Gary Olivia is still a suspect in the John Benet Ramsey murder. He has not been cleared, but is well known to officers. And city leaders tell me if new information comes to light through his most recent arrest, they will certainly look into it. Nearly two decades after John Benet Ramsey was killed inside her family's Boulder home, a suspect in the infamous Christmas night murder is behind bars accused of downloading child pornography. We haven't ruled him in or out in connection with the Ramsey case. Boulder police, the same agency investigating the Ramsey case, arrested 52-year-old Gary Oliva after getting a cyber tip. It looked like somebody was getting um, pornography materials related to children to an address that investigators were able to link to Mr. Oliva. Court documents show he downloaded 22 separate sexually explicit images. All of the photos show children under 10 years of age. We certainly understand the interest in Mr. Oliva both in connection with the new charges and his possible connection in the past. Oliva wasn't one of the early suspects in the Ramsey case. But the convicted sex offender may have been close to the Ramsey home on the night of the murder. And when he was arrested on other charges back in 2000, police found a photo of Ramsey in his possession. And he did admit to having an obsession with a young beauty queen. feel like we ought to look at all people as being possible suspects that have been possible suspects before. For now, Boulder police say it's focused on the most recent charges, but that could change. If additional information about him becomes available subsequent to his arrest, in this case, we'll certainly look at it. Now, Oliva is charged with three felonies for sexual exploitation of a child.
1: I
0: don't
1: give a flying flip. Go back to the damn drawing board. I didn't do it. February 1997. Two months after the brutal murder of John Benet Ramsey, D.A. Alex Hunter delivered an ominous message.
11: I mentioned the list of suspects narrows. Soon there will be no one on the list but you. It's an untold part of this story is how many leads these guys chased down.
9: This is another thing that made this suitable for the tabloids. I mean, on the suspect list is Santa Claus and a guy who had been in the Ramsey house by playing Santa.
1: So, John Ramsey later told police he thought Santa Claus was a strong possibility. You got any
9: ideas who this could be? No, so one else.
8: he and John Monnet had a kind of a special little bond. She worshipped him as Santa Claus.
10: We later found out his daughter had been kidnapped something like a
5: decade before. His wife had written a play about a little girl who was killed.
1: It seemed a good lead, but after multiple DNA and writing samples, McReynolds and his wife were cleared. John also pointed to their housekeeper and her husband.
8: Linda Hoffman Pugh had been employed by the Ramses for a while. She had asked Patsy to borrow $2,000 shortly before Christmas.
1: Police searched the housekeeper's home and found possible evidence linking the couple to John Binet.
8: For example, the duct tape and the, the cord that was found.
1: But their alibis checked out, and DNA and handwriting didn't match.
4: What is your take on the evidence, like the DNA evidence in the underwear? What do you think? So you
5: remember how you had mentioned that somebody had had swabbed her to try and clean up and, yeah. and whatnot? When you do this, you can taint and contaminate DNA. So you could find some DNA that it, it'll it'll come up as DNA, mm-hmm. but you can't really match it to anybody because it's been tainted. It's yeah. got bleach or ammonia or alcohol or whatever, and now the, the DNA has been tainted. And there's several ways to taint DNA. Can and you say taint one more time? Taint. Thank you. <laughs> We're having fun with taints today. Apparently. Um, so to keep tainting things with the word taint... Um it It is pretty easy to do when it comes to DNA. Uh, they do this in movies all the time with a quick spray or wipe of things yes yeah. and in, and they do this in movies because it really is that easy to mess with DNA, mm-hmm. like literally it could have been the brother or the father or the mother or whoever in the household, and because they tried to wipe up and clean up after the DNA could have been the DNA would have been uh, tainted tainted if you, if you will absolutely.
0: Uh, my question is, what DNA was found, and where, and whose was
9: it? Okay, there was DNA evidence that was taken from a blood spot in the underwear and on the waistband of John Bonet's leggings, and that was determined to be from an unknown male and does not match any of the Ramses. It could not be them. Then there was touch DNA, which was tested in 2008. The technology did not exist to test for touch DNA back when the crime actually committed. That technology wasn't available and wasn't tested for until 2008. And what I I was saying is you want more markers than were available. Uh, so they did the best testing they could. You always want bigger and bigger samples. They tested what they had. The DNA report uh, results exonerating Burke and the family uh, were given to the police within two weeks of John Bonet's murder, but they weren't given to the DA for seven months. So the Ramsey family attorney, Lynn Wood, wrote a letter to Mary Lacey, and they had a secret meeting where she finally admitted that she agreed the Ramses had been targeted by the Boulder DA and that it was getting out of control. This led to an unprecedented act. Take a look.
8: I learned just recently that within two weeks, the police were given a report by the Colorado Bureau of Investigation Lab, whoever looked at the DNA, and said this DNA excludes this list of people, including John Ramsey, Patsy Ramsey, Burke Ramsey and others. That report was given to the police within two weeks. They did not share that with the district attorney for seven months. They knew within two weeks that the DNA excluded the family and yet they withheld that information.
11: I wrote the city of Boulder and I copied District Attorney Lacey, and I said in no uncertain terms, if this investigation is not transferred out of the hands of the Boulder Police Department into the hands of a third party, objective, competent law enforcement agency, I'm going to sue the city of Boulder and you're going to be the laughing stock of the country when the truth comes out about the incompetence of your department in this investigation. That letter gave District Attorney Mary Lacey what she needed to call me and say, I want to talk to you. And I remember sitting there with her and I said, this has to stop and only you can stop it. And I'll never forget, she looked at me and she said, I agree with you. And she committed that her department would take over the investigation, which they did. And then District Attorney Lacey issued a public statement to apologize to them and to make clear that going forward from that day, they would be treated as victims because they were, in fact, victims.
4: Okay, so with not having any footprints in the snow, with a broken window that they claim had been broken for almost a year, a cobweb supposedly there, which you can see it, it is there, no snow that was actually outside, um, every single... Aspect of the crime was something in that house. Do you think that it was an intruder? <laughs> like,
5: do you? I, I, I mean, if it was an intruder, it was, it was somebody in very well. It, it was somebody that the father knew and had been like, "Hey, you should break in at this time." Or this knew window. the house,
4: obviously, you should, but you like, should
5: come to this window this, at yep. this time. And then you should go do this and this. Use
4: these stairs. Leave something on these stairs. I'll have some paper and pen out for you. I got you. If you need to practice, you can practice. It's good. I understand your handwriting is not the best. Like.
11: I took the sworn testimony of the district attorney at the time, Alex Hunter, in litigation. And Alex Hunter testified under oath that the Boulder Police Department, working with the Federal Bureau of Investigation, came up with a plan to leak selective false accusatory information against the family members so that it would potentially pressure them into what they believed might be a confession or some error, a misstep that would help them prove their case. The Rocky Mountain News published a statement that was based on unnamed police sources that police sources stated that there were no footprints in the snow surrounding the ramsey home on the night of the murder that's it (laughs) intruders don't levitate in kill someone and then levitate out if there are no footprints in the snow somebody in the house did it the problem is that statement was false That statement was false, and you don't have to go any further than to look at the crime scene photos taken the morning that she was found missing that show that there were only patches of snow. We're looking at a crime
9: scene photo, full screen
11: right now, and there's not snow around the house. That's what you're referring to. Absolutely. Look at the, the pathways, the walkways into the house, immediately surrounding the house. There's no snow.
4: So, do you think that it was Burke? Uh, And personally,
5: I could see it. I don't really have a strong, I think it was whatever, but I could see it. I get why the locals have that theory. Like, again, it was brought to me by a meme from a friend in the middle Mm -hmm. of a road trip that I'm like, I don't even know what this is, you tell me. And they were like, yeah, we think this is what happened. I'm like... Yeah, no, that could make sense. I could totally see the brother doing that.
4: I I cannot choose personally if I think it was the brother, or the dad, or the mom, or if they all have a hand in some sort of way. They all know what As, really happened. The,
5: the meme says that they're all in agreement. The brother did it. The parents covered. See up. that
4: one? I could go for. Um, I like, could definitely see that.
5: It does seem like the parents are covering up. I could see the brother doing it. I could, I could see the brother doing it see honestly, some but validity I but to I the also meme. can
4: see like maybe. Maybe he's got a lot. He went through some trauma, you know. But at the same time, still think that he might have
5: had something. That's some incel shit. My sister's popular. I'm going to beat her up.
4: That is some horrible stuff. Yeah. Horrible. But that is one of the biggest theories and one of the most believed. Besides that it was John or Patsy. So who's to say? Who's to say?
13: John Ramsey got on the phone right after his daughter's body was found to his pilot to get him out of town. I mean, Jaminet's body's lying under the Christmas tree. It was reported that shortly after you found your daughter's body, that you called the pilot of your plane to arrange
3: a flight to Atlanta. Is that true?
8: I did. Police took the house over. We had nowhere to go. We wanted to go home.
3: They didn't want to talk to the police. They lawyered up right away. The Ramseys agreed to give handwriting, hair, and blood samples. Still, they refused formal interviews with the police. At this point, they haven't interviewed the mother or father. Um, Not surprisingly, they're still very Um, grief-stricken. They've not been in any kind of condition to be interviewed. There was no evidence of a break-in. There was no jimmying on the front door. There was no back door crashed in. There were four people in that house, and one died overnight. So everyone inside was a suspect.
6: I think the primary reason the focus so quickly turned to the Ramseys was, you had that ransom note. Who would write a three-page rambling ransom note other than someone trying to cover their tracks who was in the house?
13: When you realized that you two were the prime suspects, what did you think? What did you feel? What did you say? Well, were, we
8: were outraged. We were, we were shocked. How could they think that? We were a normal family.
0: You just can't believe it. I mean, we're we're suffering from having lost our child. And then for someone to accuse you, it's just, you can't believe that that would happen.
8: The book says the parents always did it. And that became the conclusion. The tragedy of the police investigation was that it ended on December
9: 26th. You wanted to talk now.
3: They held everybody off with layers of lawyers and friends. And uh, then the next thing the police knew, they were on CNN. If anyone knows anything, please, please help us. And as a mother, my heart went out to this couple. But my journalistic brain said to me, this isn't right. They should be talking to the police, not the public via cable television network. Five days after the
13: murder, you did an interview on CNN. Why did you do that?
8: We did it uh, reluctantly and at the insistence of some friends who could see that we were being painted as, as guilty.
4: Okay, so we are in an agreement that it was most likely somebody in the house.
5: Definitely someone in the house.
4: Leaning toward immediate family. If not for sure, the brother. But definitely one of the the three that were there. And...
5: and I'm going to throw this out there that I think the mother wasn't all that surprised that it happened. Based on, like, the phone, the 911 calls and whatnot. Like, I definitely get the feeling that, like, she's not surprised that it happened.
4: She that... doesn't seem very, like, oh she, my god.
5: She seems like she, does, she, she figured doesn't... she was going to have to cover this up at some point
4: it just makes me wonder what was going on in that house and what does blow my mind is there is a lot of evidence though it's completely botched super messed up they were the the trial trial the whole scene was handled so fucked up and really bad that to this day nobody has been found guilty or is taking you know Plus,
5: they've the... still
4: got 1,500 suspects. Oh my gosh. Maybe one day, before the end of our lives, we'll find out who killed John Bonet Ramsey.
5: I don't think we'll ever get a definitive answer. Not when everybody that was in Boulder on that day 25 years ago is a suspect.
4: Did you hear about the fact that they think Katie, there's a conspiracy that Katy Perry is John Benet Ramsey? Is
5: John Bonet Ramsey. Isn't she older, though? Yeah. like She would not have been able to be. I'm like, there's documented proof that she wasn't even in Colorado. She's, in not,
4: Michael... the, she's not even, no, it's not. But it's, <laughs> it was just something that someone thought of because they look alike. They're close to age, but not at all. So, yeah. Great theory. No water to hold it. So, <laughs> Mr. and Mrs.
14: Ramsey, what today? do you want to say to the killer of your daughter?
8: We'll find you. We will find you. I have that as a sole mission for the rest of my life.
13: Mrs.
0: Ramsey? Likewise. The uh, police and investigators have assured us that this is a case which can be solved. You know, you may be eluding the authorities for a time, but God knows who you are, and we will find you.
4: So that is our episode with the John Bonet Ramsey case. What was it like for you just going over the case a little bit? Um,
5: brought up a bunch of old stuff I hadn't really thought about in a long time. Um, it comes up here and there in casual conversation every so often just because I live up there. But it's not like we really go in depth and really talk about ooh, who we really think it was. It's mm. usually just some poke and we think the family did it.
4: Speaking of Colorado, we should go ahead and tell everybody about... Doom and Groom. Oh, Doom and
5: Groom. So Doom and Groom is my company. We do oils, balms, butters, and pomades for hair, skin, beard, and tattoos. Uh, Originally, me and my friend got into beard care products because we're both a couple of bearded dudes and wanted to make some oils and balms for ourselves that were more natural Mm because everything you find online and in store and whatnot still um, has water or uh, alcohol-based fragrances, or alcohol's horrible for your skin or it's a too. castor oil-based oil, mm-hmm. which is not really all that beneficial to anything. It's like the cheapest oil you can get for it. It's eight bucks a gallon. For eight dollars a gallon for castor oil, I'm like that's the cheapest thing you can put in your in your face. Plus, it smells weird. Not a mm-hmm. fan. Um, so we decided to start making our own stuff. The beard oils and beard balms got kind of popular. We started making a beard butter that was to condition the beards, and we quickly found out that very technically, it's a body butter. We are just idiots and have no idea what we're talking about, even slightly. So the second that we started telling people, yeah, we've got this beard butter, it's great for this, and they're like, you're describing a body butter, and it's great for like 20,000 other things, like... It's great for dry skin and It's like the coconut and... oil
4: of a uh, butter <laughs>
5: Yeah, and, and then they start finding out what we're putting into the body butters, and they're like, oh, hey, wait a minute. I kind of want to try this now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's uh, these natural... It is
4: amazing. It,
5: I will say that. These all-natural things that, that do work really well, and we started making some pomade for people to style their hair up. and
4: The uh, bomb for the tattoos, I have to share this because I, I got a really bad sunburn a few weeks ago, and that saved my ass, literally my ass, (laughs) I was
5: sober. It's funny you say that, because when I was first making the tattoo bombs, it came because when we were making the body butters, people were putting the body butters on their old tattoos, saying, wish we had something to heal new new
11: tattoos.
5: I was like, you know, I I think I got you. I, I already have a base blend of oils that are really good for things. I could get a couple of topicals. I think I can make this. So I went and got a tattoo a couple of weeks before I went to Maui. Um, literally finished healing this tattoo in Maui with my new product, but because I had my new product with me in Maui, when I got sunburned in Maui, I was like, hey, I wonder, it's full yeah. of all this other stuff, and quickly found out that it'll heal sunburns and make it feel better, and you're like, oh, multiple use stuff. This no, it's great. Of stuff. It really is. And the, the tattoo balm has really been taken off. We sold a couple hundred around the Denver area, got into a few tattoo shops around Denver, now I'm taking it across country on a road trip. Um, Went from Denver down to Austin, Houston, New Orleans, now in the Tampa area, about to go do Miami, shoot up to New York, head back to Denver. Um, But yeah, the the products are all natural and great for both men and women and everything in between. It's good for use head to toe, your hair, your face, your your beards, your tattoos, your dry skin, your wet skin. (laughs) Um, I, all your skin, all, all the skin. I mean, I, when you get out of the shower, it's good to use it your really body is. butter. If you use, if you got tattoos that are a little old, it kind of brings back the life a little bit. Mm-hmm. Getting new tattoos, we've got stuff to heal the stuff. Um, it, it's just good multi-use stuff. And it really did just come from us wanting to have better products for ourselves and couldn't find anything that we were really liking online. Um, uh, all of the scents are pretty mellow. Mm. Like, we're using natural essential oils, so they don't really attack and give you headaches. Yeah. Like, they last... Very they subtle, last very a, nice, though. They last a little while, but they don't really last, like, all day, which, I mean, I would start to question things that last I always get day. complimented
4: that, like, I I still, you can still smell it, but I am I don't sweat progressively throughout the day, really, sure. and stuff. Um, but I've, anytime I have it on, I'm always complimented that I smell very good, but it's always a subtle... It's literally, they like, you smell very it's not heavy it's i'm like oh thank you yeah i'm, this. I'm
5: picking up s- some sense of it and i'm like i know that scent yeah. i made that scent.
4: <laughs> but yeah no it's it's succubus and i'm obsessed with it it has that little bit of like to me it has like a vanilla-y tinge to me and it's so great i yep. love it
5: succubus is our vanilla rose so it's like pinch floral very vanilla so- uh, that was one of my personal favorites. I made that one special last summer.
4: You want to tell them where to go? They can check out the products?
5: Yeah, pick, hit us up on uh, f- uh, Facebook and Instagram. You can find us. We're Doom and Groom. can hit our website. It is doomandgroom.net, all spelled out. Uh, we've got combo packs on there for the beard, combo packs for the body, uh, tattoo combo packs so that you can grab a uh, tattoo balm and a body butter and heal the new stuff, take care of the old stuff. Um, really, just trying to make some good products here.
4: And if you guys do go over there and you find something you like, use my code Harmony, and you will get ten percent off of your purchase. It's actually
5: code Harmony Doom.
4: My bad, my bad. I am so <laughs> slow. I've got. Hi, it's so, Harmony Doom. It's
5: okay. I'm the one that created the code, so I'm like I know exactly what the code is. But yeah, her code is uh, Harmony Doom, all one word, all capital. <laughs> Um, pretty sure it works lowercase too um but yeah harmony doom and all i'll remember word. that
4: for the next one
5: <laughs> and i'm gonna be honest even though i did create the code i can't remember if it's 10 or 15 percent. i
4: remember you sent me we had this debate over yeah. like you were like wait no hold on wait it's this and yeah. yeah
5: you know what's funny is i could totally pull it up here because i have an app to manage these things <laughs> let's see discounts active codes it is ten percent off code Harmony Doom.
4: There we go. Harmony Doom. My bad, guys. Uh there you go. I can tell we're so super good at this. You can you can tell that we are professionals. <laughs> Alright, so that is Johnny, Doom and Groom. You like are you are you happy with the podcast? Yeah, this is fun. Enjoy this. Guys, head on over to Doom and Groom for me, check them out, and we'll be right back with more words from our sponsors before I say goodbye. Now I want to tell you guys about Fiji Tree of Life. Fiji is a veteran-based company concerned with the promotion of responsible cannabis distribution. And they specialize in Delta 8. They have products ranging from Delta 8 gummies all the way to flour. And for those of you wondering, Delta 8 does have THC in it. And it is completely legal. Right now on FijiTreeofLife.com, they are offering a Father's Day bundle box. But it's not just one kind of box. You get three different options to choose from. If you like edibles, you can choose their Father's Day edible box. If smoking and flour is more your thing, you can get their Father's Day flower box. Or if you like both and you want to have the best of both worlds, you can get their Father's Day full-size sampler box. And while you're at it, use my promo code HARMONY and take 10% off of your order. Yes, I'm positive that that's my correct promo code. (laughs) So head on over to FijiTreeOfLife.com and check out their Father's Day gift box. Also, while you're there, check out all of their products they have to offer. And again, if you decide you want to buy something, use my promo code HARMONY. This will give you 10% off of your order. Okay, I guess it's back to the show. All right, so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of What the Actual F. And uh, you want to say bye to everybody? Bye, everybody. (laughs) I will talk to you guys on the next episode of What the Actual F. Love you guys. Sweet screams. Bye.